Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast, presented by Jersey Mike Subs of Chapel Hill. Get 15% off your online order with the promo code HEELS15. Go to jerseymikes.com slash order now. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast, sponsored by Jersey Mike Subs of Chapel Hill. I'm your host for this one, John Siegley, here with Don Callahan with our UNC football recruiting pod. Don, you know, I figured what we can do today is just get right into it. Uh, we, we normally have, you know, our fair share of pleasantries. But um, actually, I do want to tease that later on we will be doing the giveaway for the two free tickets to the Georgia Tech game from inside Carolina. So everyone do be on the lookout for that. But Carolina has some positive news that just broke maybe about an hour and a half ago before we were set to record this one. So why don't you let the listeners know what happened on this month on this Monday afternoon, man? Well, Elijah Burris, a 2020 running back from um, uh, Mountain Island Charter, which is a uh, a charter high school just outside of um, Charlotte. Um, you know, like I don't know, 30 minutes maybe. Uh, he verbally committed to North Carolina on Monday afternoon. Uh, for those who have have been following the I guess the underclassmen that we've been covering. The past few months, uh, you're very familiar with Elijah because uh, we did an intro story over the summer right after uh, North Carolina had offered him, became the first school to offer him. And then we also followed up with him following his uh, second visit to North Carolina this season. He actually attended UNC's first two home games, plans to come back for the uh, plans to come back for the game this Saturday. Uh, He's, you know, he's a, Good looking back. You know, look at him. You think he's just purely a, a power back because he's very compact, five foot ten, roughly two hundred ten pounds. You know, uh, you know, built built like a um, built as strong as as they come at the running back position. But when you watch his film, he actually has a ton of moves, and that's what he relies on. You know, re- well, I think he relies on two things. One's the moves. The other thing is the fact that when he gets the ball, it's like he's shot out of a cannon. And that overwhelms defenders who are either trying to pivot towards his direction or, you know, all of a sudden he's there and then he's not sort of situation. Now, where his power, I think, comes along and is used because he definitely has power because obviously, you know, he's a he's a he's a, a compact guy, as I mentioned. He um, he just runs through arm tackles. And that's usually what a lot of defenders only get at him because he's coming at them at such a fast speed. And he just runs through those arm tackles, and they don't even slow him down. He's because he's running at such a a fast speed and with such power. Now he's not a burner by any means. He has he has enough power to, or I'm sorry, he's enough speed to uh, take it the distance for sure. Um, but I mean, he's a guy who's going to overwhelm you with his acceleration and just that uh, that strength with his running ability. And the other thing that his power kind of comes up is, I mean, he's a selfless player, so he loves to block for his teammates. And if you watch his highlights, a couple of um, blocking plays are mixed in there, and he just just destroys defenders. Um, and you know, it's always good to see those sort of things. I'll just ask you, John. You know, um, I don't want to say it came out of left field, but um, you know, usually when you get underclassmen commitments, they're not the most they're not expected because guys aren't being pressured to make commitments, and and there's so much time in their recruitments. But it I mean it does happen. So. When you saw the news that that UNC landed a 2020 recruit, what went through your mind? Well, I had to check and see who it was because I know that Carolina had a lot of offers out to the 2020 class. But like you said, Don, those guys don't really 
commit this early on, it, it's kind of a interesting dynamic with recruiting because as we've mentioned a bunch of times in the podcast, you know, the time frame to recruit the kids has sped up so much. But I feel like kids are usually waiting until the spring to make commitments or, you know, they'll commit maybe right around that national signing day. So when Carolina did, I saw the, the news pop up. I think Larry Fedora is where I actually saw it. He sent out his heel. Yeah. Tweet. And, you know, I went to the message board and to see who it was. And I think it's good to get kind of that foundational uh, back in this class on, because from what you're telling me, you know, it sounds as if Burris, you know, I don't know if he maybe will be one of these top 10, top 15 kids in this upcoming class, but it sounds like he's going to be a really good, reliable back, similar to maybe like Jordan Brown, although Brown may be not the best comparison from like a player perspective, but in terms of just getting someone who can be that all around running back. And if he's turning out stats like that, because looking over your article, I mean, he's averaging 14.5 yards per carry. His other stats are also amazing. And for everyone listening to that, if you want to see that full player profile, you know, check out the story that's posted on the Tar Pit Premium Message Board to get all that. I think it's just, it's good to get these in-state kids. And when you're looking at him, Don, do you think that he might you know, be like a top 25, top 30 type kid in, in next year's class? Or is it still a little bit too early to kind of do that type of, of projection? It, it's a little early, but I think it's safe to say that he's going to be in in-state at least top 30, um, probably top 25. I mean, he's he's a good player. I think a lot of people are going to, um, I guess, give him a little bit of crap because the competition he, he plays isn't the greatest. Um, it's still, and they, they play some good teams. They definitely do. Um, but I think uh, every Friday it may not be the greatest. But yeah, I mean, you can't, no matter what the competition, you just look at those numbers. And, and I didn't even bring that up when I was describing him. Those numbers are insane. Mm-hmm. He, he had, I mean, he's, he's close to 2,500 yards rushing um already after 10 games i think it was he he had surpassed the 2000 yard mark you know a few games ago which is just is just insane um for you know to be that that early in the season 31 touchdowns as you mentioned 14.7 yards per carry i mean it it's you know it's tremendous what he's doing i'll, I'll throw a comparison at you that i i think is for i guess recent backs for north carolina uh, Javante Williams, which we haven't seen a whole lot of. He, I mean, he's played every game this season as a true freshman. But um, when you have backs like Antonio Williams and Michael Carter uh, and Jordan Brown ahead of you, you're not going to play a whole lot. But uh, mm-hmm. we've only seen him a little bit, and we, we probably have heard a lot more about him through practice. That's probably my best comparison for him, you know, because he has the speed. Also comes from a, from a program that he produced a lot. But the competition was great. wasn't wasn't great. So a lot of schools passed on him. And if you remember, UNC um, actually landed uh, Javante Williams's commitment last December after they had offered him, and they didn't offer him until after the season. So um, because of the fact that you know, I mean, UNC was a little skeptical, also like like other schools about the competition, and wanted to kind of see him in person, and wanted to kind of see him do it over the long haul and do a full fledged, I guess, evaluation of him. You know, inside and out. But yeah, so I think, you know, you mentioned the in-state stuff, and I think that's really important with this because the UNC staff is well aware that they had their butt handed to them 
in state for this class. And there's no way you could spin it in a positive way whatsoever. It was a good class, and UNC whiffed on a lot of important guys in this class, important guys at positions of need. And so, you know, instead of just kind of business as usual and in the same sort of approach, the the approach for this class is to be more proactive and, you know, to make sure um, you're not the last to offer some of these in-state guys and make sure you're on them from the get-go and make sure you're, you know, if you, if you feel like a guy is, is going to be worthy of a UNC offer, be the first one to offer. And Elijah Burris is a prime example of that. Now, everyone's going to look at him and say, okay, he only has the one scholarship offer, but I guarantee you he's going to have more offers. I don't know who they're going to be. There's a bunch of schools that are interested in him. And a lot of them want to kind of, I guess, see him in person, maybe work him out in camp because of the fact of, you know, the league he plays in and all that and the, and the competition he plays with on Fridays. But as far as in-state, you know, getting that kid, I mean, he he's close ties with um, Jacoby Cohen, who is he's probably going to be the top player in the state for the 2020 class. And so, you know, those sort of connections, is it going to help North Carolina? Is it, is North Carolina, North Carolina going to land Cohen because of that connection? You know, that, that remains to be seen, but UNC is now going to have another weapon in that recruitment to help land that kid. And these sort of things that, you know, some of them don't pay off, but the more weapons you have, the more people you have in these kids a year, especially in state, the better it's going to be. And I, and I really think that that's what helped NC State so much is that all of those those uh, in-state kids from the 2019 class, they be- befriended each other and started to recruit each other. And it just it just eventually snowballed into a, a very good in-state class. I know everyone's probably ready to vomit at everything <laughs> I just said about NC State. But, it, but, it's, but it's true. And UNC is, tr- is going to try to do that for the 2020 class. If you just look at all the guys they've offered where they're either the first offer or one of the first offers, that's a huge sign. I'm talking about particularly in-state. They're going to, they definitely want to be proactive with, with uh, the in-state prospects. And, and uh, Elijah Burris is, is a prime example of that. So I have not seen Burris's film yet, Don, because I think he had just gotten added to the recruiting board earlier in the year. And frankly, I was still focused kind of the 2019 kids hadn't really moved on to 2020 yet. But you've described his running ability. What about his pass catching? Is that really something that's featured for him at the high school level? No, it's it's not. They rely on him mostly as a um, as a running back, running back only. Now he does have. I mean, he's not he's not used strictly as that. But if you just look at his numbers, I mean, it's you know the percentage wise is is probably really small. He has nine receptions for 173 yards and two touchdowns. So you know, not, not bad for a high school running back at, at, by any means. But then if you look at, you know, he's carried the ball 117 times mm-hmm. and rushed for almost 2,500 yards and 31 touchdowns, you can see where the ratio is, is pretty, uh, is leaning towards the, the rushing direction for sure. Um, but uh, I wouldn't, he wouldn't, he, I guess the best way to describe it, the situation is he's a guy, if you need to pass it to him, you could pass it to him, but he's not going to be a guy who, you're going to be able to count on all the time to be a receiving option, if that makes sense. It does. And I think with, with those guys, though, it's almost better to kind of have that low sample size and see what happens when they get to college because it's kind of one of those things where if a guy just has stone hands, it's my opinion, and I think it actually this is something that would bear out, it's very difficult to make that guy become a good receiver at the college level. I mean, you could put someone in front of a ball machine 
all day long, but if they can't catch the ball, they just can't catch the ball. You know, they may be a slight improvement, but you're just not really going to develop that guy into that really sure-handed receiver. So with someone like Burris, if he's never really been called on for that, I think that he's a little bit more of like that raw type prospect that the coaches can get in and then see what they have. Because, you know, I mean, Jordan Brown, he caught the ball, I think, pretty frequently when he was was in high school. But Mm -hmm. he's not really, you know, he hasn't shown that yet at Carolina. And Michael Carter, correct me if I'm wrong, Dom, I think he was mostly a ground type running back. But then right now, he's really very good at catching the ball. And even someone like Antonio Williams, he's had two very acrobatic catches these last couple games where the ball's been behind him. He's actually had to turn his body around and he's been able to make the catch. So it's clearly something that if, you know, if your number's not really called upon to do that a whole lot, I think you're more of a blank canvas for the coaching staff to teach and then go from there. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think the thing too is that the way that the running back position has turned into in you know, in college ranks uh, nowadays is that you're using multiple backs in, during the course of a game. So it, it actually ends up being beneficial if you have different style backs so that you can have them do different things and you can even have them on the field at the same time. And I think that uh, Burris is definitely a different back and will, will definitely uh, provide some, some very um, reliable tools to North Carolina's offense. I definitely agree with you there. We will see how, how it develops. And regardless, Carolina got their 2020 class off to a good start with that in-state commitment. And, you know, we'll be looking forward to see where he his name eventually lies in Don's uh, NC rankings that will come out next, what, spring, Don? Late spring, early summer when you, you usually do your NC top 50? It's usually, it's usually in May, right before the summer camps, because May is kind of like a... Um, a quiet before the storm sort of period in the recruiting calendar, because uh, if you're going to do something, you're usually going to just you might as well just wait into June till you you know you visit the campus and get a get a deep um, deep look at whatever school that may be. So May tends to be kind of like a kind of a, a lull period. So uh, we run out with the, um, the 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 NC top fifty rankings during that that time. Gotcha. All right. Well, everyone can look forward to those. Let's take a quick break, though, to talk about Jersey Mike subs. And when it comes to those guys, all you need to know is Heels 15, because that's the code that gets you 15% off of your order from Jersey Mike subs of Chapel Hill. You can use that code for online orders at any of the Chapel Hill, Hillsborough and the new Chatham County store. That Chatham County location has opened up in the Lowe's Food Shopping Center at the Chatham Crossing. It's only a 12 minute drive from the heart of Chapel Hill. Right down 15501, and, and it's on the way for anyone coming to Chapel Hill from Larenburg, Pinehurst, Southern Pine, Sanford, or Pittsburgh. So support the IC podcast and thank Charlie, Clint, and Griffin, our guys at Jersey Mike Subs of Chapel Hill, for their continued support of Inside Carolina. So again, use that code HEELS15. You get that 15% off of your order. You just have to go to jerseymikes.com slash order. Click the location nearest to you. Click your order. Pick your favorite sub, and at checkout, enter that code. Heels 15 and get 15% off. You get to skip the line, head straight to the register, grab your food, and you're on the way. Do it today. Place that online order at one of the five Chapel Hill, Hillsborough, and Chatham County locations. And also look for Jersey Mike subs inside of Keenan Stadium and with the tailgate guys this fall. 
So support the IC podcast and get 50% off of your Jesus Mike's order. It's a win-win with the code HEELS15. So Don, let's go ahead and turn back to recruiting because Carolina finally has a home game this weekend. They've been on the road the last two, so there has not been a whole lot of recruiting news going on, man. But let's just talk about the atmosphere of a homecoming game because, you know, even though it's a noon kickoff for this one, Don, I know fan support is probably pretty low right now, but it's been my experience that with homecoming games, there is a little bit of the additional pageantry for this. You know, I think maybe turnout maybe inflated a little bit due to that fact. When you've been covering recruiting, do you notice anything different when it comes to homecoming games at all? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not like a huge difference. It's one of those things where you see the extra pageantry, as you mentioned, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, it's homecoming. And and it does. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's probably, okay. not the, that's probably not the answer you wanted. But it does, Um, you know, you can definitely notice the crowd. There, There's more... Um, they're more livened up for, for the homecoming than if this was just a typical game against Georgia Tech with UNC only having one win on the season. So um so yeah, so I expect the, the crowd to get a little bit of a of a of a bump because it's homecoming weekend. And then obviously as as we've mentioned, I don't know how many dozens of times on the podcast by now, the more raucous, the more into it that the crowd is, the better that it is for recruiting. I mean, just look at how much the recruits raved about that uh, Saturday night game against Virginia Tech. And hopefully the the, the turnout is good, Don. I, I don't know. I, I remain hopeful, but it is going to be a pretty tough test for the Carolina faithful to really get there in droves and support this team against Georgia Tech, who play that just god-awful style of football. And, you know, at one in six on the season, it's it's going to be a tall order. Yeah, yeah, um, I agree. Um, but I think though, um, you know, we we haven't posted our list yet for the expected attendees. Um, we won't, probably won't post those until later on in the week. Uh, but early returns have been very, very positive. If you are a subscriber to Inside Carolina, you are well aware of at least two visitors that are coming this weekend. We ran stories on uh, Gerard. Means a wide receiver out of Lovejoy High School in Georgia that UNC offered about a month ago was part of a, I guess, a wave of new offers for him. A bunch of schools saw him play, um, saw his his new um, film from his senior season and and just fell in love. North Carolina was one of them. The other is a name that we've brought up multiple times, uh, Tamari Fox, a defensive lineman from Collins Hill High School in also in Georgia. He is the brother of Tamon Fox, who is a sophomore defensive end in North Carolina. UNC is in a, in a heated battle with Iowa and Georgia Tech, who the Heels are playing on Saturday for uh, Tamari Fox. So, um, so yeah, so so some definitely interesting things. Uh, urge everybody to check out those two uh, reports because um, a lot of um, interesting items about the recruitment, where things stand. Um, both of them are, are coming close to the end, but I'll let you kind of read those stories to, uh, to see for yourself where, where things are and, and what could potentially happen. Yeah, those stories were excellent. I mean, especially for Means, because I didn't really know anything about him. And just real quick, Don, without you know going into uh, giving away the, the whole meat of the story there, I guess what's a quick intro to Means? Because it sounds like he's a kind of a late bloomer kid, 
Uh, like you mentioned, a lot of schools were kind of waiting to see how his film looked from the senior season. And it looks like he's done enough to earn himself some offers and then interest from some pretty big time programs. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, the one of the, I guess, negative byproducts of the sped up recruiting calendar. And we've talked about I've I've harped on it like crazy. People are probably sick of me bringing it up. But one of the negative um, byproducts is the fact that if you are a kid who maybe didn't play very, very much into your senior season or didn't um, wait into your senior season to, I guess, make that huge jump in ability, you're kind of at a disadvantage. Um, so Gerard Means is, is a kid who, for whatever reason, his senior film is way better than his junior film. He just progressed. It's just, it's expected. You know, we're dealing with high school kids that are growing and maturing at different rates than um, one another. So, um, yeah, I mean, UNC, as I mentioned, was one of the, one of the schools that jump in on him. Um, he fits exactly what they're looking for. UNC has two wide receiver commits, Raquan Anderson, who's kind of a, I guess a smaller, shiftier, kind of Ryan Switzer-like sort of receiver who, you know, was unbelievable at, at the uh, the freak show. And then you have Welton Spotsville, who um, is more of a, you know, a possession receiver who has the ability to um, break some tackles, strong runner after the ball. Kind of, I guess the best way to describe him is kind of like a running back playing receiver. You put him out there, you throw him a pass, and, and he's going to break some tackles. With means... He's your quote unquote long receiver, meaning you know he's great length. He's six uh, three. Uh, you know, uh, take, could take the t- top off the defense with his uh, vertical speed. Um, you know, you know he's he's a guy you, you want to go up for the jump balls. You know, he's not as tall as some of the receivers UNC has had previously, like a Bug Howard or a Quinshaw Davis, but um, he definitely has that length that UNC wants to have within its uh, within his offense for sure. All right, and then for Tamari Fox, is that an official visit or an unofficial visit, Don? That's an unofficial visit, and as of right now, he does not believe he needs to take an official visit to UNC. Mm-hmm. And that thinking goes into the fact that, one, he, he attended an official visit to UNC with his brother, mm-hmm. and two, he's he's made tons of visits to UNC, including some you know more in-depth visits than most kids, just because he's able to hang out with his brother and go up there when you know he's not receiving the red carpet treatment you know he's actually i think been attending the freak show since his you know before his freshman season of high school you know that's that's how much exposure he has to the program so so no this weekend will not be an official i believe unless he commits to another school within the next couple weeks i believe he'll he'll change his mind and take an official visit whether it's because he's committed to unc or whether because he wants to give UNC one last shot. It, that's just usually how these things happen. Every year, kids say, don't need to take the official visit to school. I've seen enough. There's nothing they can show me, yada, yada. And eventually, they end up taking an official visit. So I expect that to happen at some point. Um, but if you ask him, he's going to tell you it's not. So, Yeah, I mean, if if I either was a recruiter or you know, had a child that was a recruiter, I would encourage him to take every single official visit you know, every yeah, opportunity, take one, take one to Hawaii, you know, um, <laughs> try to see if Bermuda has a, has a college that, that plays football. I mean, that's what I would yeah, do. Absolutely. Why not? Um, so now I did see that there is another guy who will be on campus. Who's not a 2019 or a 2020 recruit per se, Don, but it looks like Carolina might get another visit 
from Kelly Bryant, the Clemson transfer quarterback. We talked about this one a little bit at the last one, but just in general terms, I mean, it's got to be a positive for Carolina that he's willing to come back after he was at Missouri the past weekend, Arkansas the weekend before that. You know, Arkansas does have what a lot of people think is a very big draw with the offensive coordinator, his former offensive coordinator being the head coach now at Arkansas. Carolina's in this thing, though, man. And, you know, Kelly Bryant really could be someone that could come in and compete for that starting quarterback spot from day one. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. This is this only can be viewed as a positive sign. The fact that, one, he has officially visited Arkansas, the perceived leader, and I think a lot of that is is not coming from him. It's people making assumptions because of the connection with Chad Morris. Um, but the fact that he's officially visited there, didn't make a decision, waited a week, still didn't make a, make a decision, um, officially visit Missouri, Still didn't make a decision. And even after he actually unofficially visited UNC for the weekend of the Virginia Tech game. Now, the bad news is, is even though this weekend's homecoming game, if I'm just being completely honest with everybody, the atmosphere is not going to match the Virginia Tech games. No. So, <laughs> so this, so that might be a little bit of a negative for uh, Kelly Bryant. And then you might look at him like, okay, well, which one is the true UNC atmosphere? This one here at, for the Georgia Tech game? or the one a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, the Virginia Tech game. But regardless, you know, the fact that he's coming back can only be viewed as a positive sign. I think UNC has a better shot with him than, than what a lot of people um, are letting on, um, you know, because the fact that you know, he's going to make a business decision. All the hoopla and all that other stuff I don't think is, um, you know, is, is all that big for him. I mean, he does like the attention he's getting right now. But I think the um, – I think that the, the the main thing for him is he wants to be in a in a offensive system that's going to allow him to show off his abilities for NFL scouts so that he can get drafted as high as possible. Mm-hmm. And if you look at North Carolina's offense has with the right quarterback has been able to to allow quarterbacks to thrive. And in addition to that, UNC returns a good chunk of its offense next year. Including, I think, um, is it? Uh, the, I think it's all the offensive line, right? I think so. Yeah, and I don't think there's any wide receivers that are graduating. I mean, I know Anthony Ratliff Williams was rumored to, you know, I guess if he had a breakout season, he is a candidate to go pro. But at this point, I mean, well, the only talking... one is Tom, Thomas Jackson, and, and oh, that's right, he hasn't played very much, and he's not he's not starting. Daz Newsom starting over him at the A back spot. Yeah. So, so, I mean, so you, yeah, so you potentially return, you know, the majority of the receivers, if, you know, mm-hmm. really all the receivers, majority of the running backs, um, and then what you lose, Brandon Fritz, but the rest of the, the the tight ends that have been actually playing this year, they all come back, and then um, at the offensive line, you return everyone, yeah, so, you know, barring any early graduations and that sort of thing. But it's not going to be a guy who's starting is not going to graduate early unless there's some crazy situation so yeah so it's you really if you look at it it's it's a it's a great situation for a a quarterback to um to show off his abilities and raise his nfl stock you know what was what was your i mean you know give me the pulse of the fan here 
Well, before I do that, let's talk about HeelsTravel.com because they are the easiest way to book travel to big UNC away basketball and football games. Right now, HeelsTravel.com is offering a package to Chicago to see UNC take on Kentucky on December 22nd. That's going to be one of the biggest games of the entire college basketball season, so you do not want to miss it. Visit HeelsTravel.com now or call 336-855-0060 to book. That package to Chicago includes nonstop airfare from RDU to Chicago, transportation to and from the airport to the hotel, and a two-night stay at the Chicago Omni in right in downtown Chicago where the basketball team is staying. It's going to be a great chance to see your Tar Heels on the huge stage against a great opponent. You also get the benefit of checking out a great city right around Christmas time. So visit Heels Travel now or call 336-855-0060 to book. Okay, Don, so in terms of just you know where I think the the average fan would be with the uh, Kelly Bryant and the and the quarterback position in general. I think right now UNC fans are just desperate for any sort of positivity when it comes to the quarterback spot because you know I mean Nathan Elliott has been doing everything he can this season and he's just limited. I mean that's that's very fair to say and if you watch the games you can see it. I mean on his deep passes but I will he, say though he's getting he's been, to me he's been getting uh, better. He has, but but he, yes, he still has the same shortcomings. But I feel like yeah. he's been getting better. Well, it, it's just the fact that you know the, the Carolina offense, his stats have gotten better. I think that that goes without saying, and they're probably better than a lot of people would have imagined going, going into the season. But again, if you look at the offense, I mean Carolina has almost no vertical passing game right now, and the defensive backs in Virginia, you know, they were able to actually cover from guys who were open and really, you know, make plays on the ball when they shouldn't have been in positions to do that. So I think the fan is just really wanting to see somebody that can, you know, maybe open up the offense a little bit more. And the and the fans thought that they had that in Cade Fortin for the three quarters of a game that he played and now he's hurt. So when you're talking about going into next season, if you give fans the option of having someone like Kelly Bryant, I think it'd be a universal yes, because at the very least, he's someone that you know what he's going to bring to the table. He is an upper echelon quarterback. Yes, he has had excellent teammates at Clemson who have made his job much easier, but still, the talent is there. And short of, you know, Carolina having a but four between him and Sam Howell, which I think that was your question last time, Don, was if you could pick one of Bryant or Howell. You know, I said Howell, and I think most fans would too, but you know, we can we can hear about what's happening in Sam Howell's recruitment all day long, but it, until something actually happens there, if Kelly Bryant is willing to say, yes, Carolina, I will transfer to you, I mean, the coaches have to say yes to that. I mean, I don't think there's yeah. any way that they could say, well, no, hold off. Let's see what happens. No, you, you gotta, you gotta do it. You gotta take that because then, you know, you still recruit Sam Howe with the understanding that maybe this is going to take you out of of the race there or or put you at some sort of um, deficit. But, you know, you, what Bryant would, would give you is another year to find that next quarterback. And uh, I mean, UNC has already been on top of the 2020 class for the for the quarterbacks, um, nothing really. I would say that you feel confident saying, okay, that guy's going to end up at UNC. But you know, Bryant would give you that that bridge to um, to try to find that that gem, and and you know, it would help. 
You know, I mean, you're getting immediate help because no matter who you bring in, if he's a, tr- a true freshman playing, you know, he's not, um, or even a redshirt freshman, because even he does have some, I, I think, two very good redshirt freshmen, or will, will likely be redshirt freshmen, depending on what happens with Fortin coming back and all that sort of stuff. Um, they're going to make mistakes that Kelly Bryant won't, because Kelly Bryant has been in the fire. Yeah. Let's uh, close out the podcast talking actually about one of those quarterbacks, Don, Jace Reuter, who, you know, I think both of us were very impressed with his film last year. I think we even did an interview with Jace. He, he comes across as a yep. very diligent, hardworking kid. Have you been surprised at all that he has not been given the opportunity by the coaching staff just to see what he could provide in this offense this year? I wasn't surprised because of the fact that I knew that he had a long way to go development-wise. Now, it wouldn't have surprised me if he would have played, or it won't surprise me if he plays at some point this season because of the fact that I think that kid just has that it factor, and um, he's just going to get things done. But I know that as a passer, he had a ways to go that he needed to improve just because of just the situation that that, um, he was developed in in high school, having to play multiple positions. He punted. He played he started and played a lot at safety i think he had like six interceptions he also was a kid who has never focused on football year round you know he he was i think he was like a, a, a champion in, in one of the events in track also played some basketball too so so he had a ways to go development wise um i think he's going to be really good and i think it's a good thing that he's getting this this time to to refine his skills and i think once he's able to play for north carolina he's going to be a great player but um, it doesn't surprise me because of the reasons I mentioned. Yeah, and I think, you know, even though we did talk about um, Nathan Elliott and just how the offense, you know, the, the playbook is a little bit limited. At this point, the one thing that you can say that Elliott is doing that a freshman would probably struggle with is protecting the ball. I don't think he's had an interception now against an ACC opponent, and it's, it's a lot of throws at this point. So you mentioned it during the game. Um, one yeah. of the announcers mentioned his consecutive streak without an interception. Exactly. And, you know, you can talk about making deep throws and everything like that, but I think what probably a majority of college coaches, if you ask, what would you rather have, a quarterback who can make a deep throw or a quarterback that's not going to turn the ball over? They'd probably take the guy that's not going to turn the ball over. And, you know, with Jace, I feel that just watching his high school film, that there would be that adjustment period to speed at the college level. And even though he does have a lively arm, I think he would might be prone to trying to fit the ball into some windows that, you know, in high school he could make, but at this college level, they may not necessarily be there. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, especially playing Kansas high school football where his, his teammate, um, I think it was his teammate who, um, ended up signing with Syracuse, I believe. But, um, other than that, I mean, most of the football fields that he was on didn't have a lot, a whole lot of um, college talent. So, I mean, this is a huge step up in talent, speed, everything. So, you know, when you throw a ball in certain situations and, and the, the talent around aren't nearly as fast, you have a, a lot of um, room for error at college level, the ACC level. You're not going to have that room. So that's something that, that obviously he's working on in practice. And mm-hmm. and like I said, I mean, I, I think it's it's great that he's being able to develop and not be rushed in to play as a true freshman. 
All right, Don. Well, I think that about wraps up all the topics that I, that I had for this one. You know, as the season kind of draws to a close, we'll talk a little bit more in depth about the 2019 class and which guys are available, which guys may be coming in for visits. But I would assume, you know, for kind of fans listening that want a little bit of a projection on that, we'll probably see the NC State game be a big game for recruiting. I yeah. doubt that there will be a lot of guys apart from the committed you know, players who are there almost every week to be at the Western Carolina game, but NC state. And then from there, you know, we'll get into the um, December period, which will, which will be very big. Absolutely. All right. Well, was there anything else that you want to talk about or was that it? Oh, actually, you know what? We did have one thing and I am very glad that I remembered this because otherwise (laughs) uh, the inside Carolina staff would have been very mad at me Uh is we have the ticket giveaway. Uh Oh God, not just the staff, but also the fans who want to win, who want to sit next to Buck Sanders and throw things at a distance (laughs) at Tommy. (laughs) That would be Don. Don would buy like 10 packets of peanuts just to to, to throw shells at Tommy all game long. (laughs) But yeah, we are doing the giveaway at Inside Carolina here again for everyone listening in. So the way it works, for those that may not have uh, heard me talk about this in the past, is you get the code that I'm about to give here. Go on the Tar Pit Premium Message Board and the Tar Pit Regular Football Message Board. You go to the thread that Michelle has started, enter the code, and then you're entered into the random drawing. So the code for this week is going to be 1915-1915. Is that That's the, the year code. that Buck was born? Yes. I'm going to tell him that you said that. I think it's the first year <laughs> that, that, that Carolina and Georgia Tech played. Or, oh, okay, um, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Michelle you know, pulls the numbers out, and I'm just a lackey that that gets to read on. I'm not near creative enough to like come up with clever you know, gotcha. meanings behind but 1915 is your code for this week. So for everyone listening in, you know, make sure that you go to the uh, Tar Pit message board. You go to the thread, enter that in, and be entered for the random drawing for those two tickets on the 50-yard line or very close to it. You will sit with Buck Sanders, very close to Tommy Ashley. Get those in. Uh, they are a great time. And that will finally go ahead and end the, the podcast. So, Don, I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me, buddy. We will speak again sometime soon. Sounds good. Thanks for listening to the Inside Carolina podcast, presented by Jersey Mike Subs of Chapel Hill. Get 15% off your online order with the promo code HEELS15. Go to jerseymikes.com slash order now. Some brands offer you low finance, or cashback, or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finance is made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie.